this is probably the lowest place I've ever been in my life. There's a lot of low places that we're going to hit. When you talk about these ups and downs, there's a lot of low places because life just be lifing. Yeah. And so, um, you know, this was one of those things. And I just fell into such a slump spiritually because I just kind of felt like, you know, what have, what have I done to contribute to this? You know, what, what have I, could I have done differently? I just felt like everything was my fault and I couldn't figure out how to get out of it. And so one time I can remember in um, my fellowship with, with the Lord, I could hear the Lord speaking and he said, you know, if you understood who I was, you would see this situation a lot differently. And he posed this question and he said, who am I? Now, that is such a loaded question because if you ask 20 Christians who God is, you're going to get 20 different answers. Oh, yeah. He's the shepherd. He's, you know, he's father. He's, you know, all kinds of things. But that day, in my spirit came the words, you are the king. And I could hear him say, you're right. I'm the king. And if you're my daughter, then what does that make you? Mm -hmm. And I said, a princess. And so that set me on this journey of really understanding what did that mean to be a daughter of the king? What does it mean to be the king's daughter? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the UR Story podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Gabriel Huff Jr. And, um, you know, our goal here, you know, like I always say, is to have people come on and share their stories, share their experiences in life, you know, share some of the situations that they've been through, some of the things that they've overcome. And, you know, by hearing their story, it can help you with yours, which not only lets you know that you're part of the story, but affirms the fact that you are the story. And, and that's what we're here to do. You know, over these past few weeks, I've appreciated all the support. Um, some of the posts on Instagram have been doing amazing. Uh, some of the growth that I've seen on the YouTube channel has been amazing. And all the glory goes to God. You know, I was just sitting back and thinking about it. You know, I I don't really do too much promoting. I don't do too much, um, you know, advertising. But just seeing the reach that God has allowed this to have for such a small platform, you know, it's been all glory to him. And I, I just given the glory to the most high through all of it. So I just appreciate y'all for the support, the kind words, you know, those my family, friends and anybody who's been listening and commenting and stuff. I appreciate that. But if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts, make sure to leave a rating. Make sure to leave a review. That'll be greatly appreciated. Um you know, I just want to hear what y'all think about each episode, what y'all think about the podcast as a whole. Um, if you're listening, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, please subscribe. Uh, please leave a comment. I love to hear what y'all think about it as well. There's a lot of people watching, but not a lot of people subscribe. Not a lot of, pe a lot of people leaving comments. And if you're doing if you're one of those people like, what are you doing? You know, go ahead and hit that. Go that extra mile. Hit the subscription button. It'll mean a lot to me and it, it'll just help this get help this platform reach the ears of many more people which i think will have an impact for a lot of people so again i just appreciate that from all of you who are listening but without further ado uh, i got a special guest here for y'all today um you know this is someone who has really been there like since the beginning you know pretty much my whole life and you know she she knew me as 
a young man, like an African, like a young Pekin. She knew me as a young Pekin, but you know, I've gotten, I've gotten older and you know, we, we've gotten to the point where I'm not just like a child anymore. I can actually <laughs> have conversations with her now, which is cool. But, you know, just someone who I can see the, the spirit of the Lord in, you know, in the things that she says and the, the people that she comes across and the impact that she has, you know, it's truly an inspiration and a blessing. And she's impacted my family in a lot of ways as well that she may not even realize, but you know, I, I just appreciate this episode so much because of the, the guests that I have here for y'all today. I have my friend, Miss Christy Douglas. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, Gabriel. Yeah, th- thank you for being here. Um, like I was saying, it, it's it's truly a blessing to, to have you here because, like I was saying, you know, you've essentially been there since the beginning. And, you know, you and my mom, y'all formed a, a friendship and that extended to you know, the children as well. And just seeing that whole progression and, you know, just having somebody who, because my mom, she, she doesn't really talk to too many people. And so those who are in my mom's life, they are some people that she holds dear to her heart. So, you know, I just appreciate you for, for being here. And, you know, I know that, you know, this is going to bring a lot of impact and a lot of encouragement to so many people that are listening. So I just thank you for, for being here. I appreciate that so much. You're, you're right. We do um, go way back. Yep. And um, your mom and I <clears throat> became friends, um, I believe, through a program called Upward. That's right. And so uh, and our we had children of a similar age. Yep. And uh, and so we, we and there weren't many children that looked like ours in this program. <laughs> and so um, we became fast friends at the basketball games and yeah. cheerleading events and that kind of thing. And so count you like a count her like my sister and I count all of you like my nephews and nieces so mm-hmm. I'm honored to be here with you today yeah I, and I, we appreciate that so much uh you kind of did it for me uh something I usually do in every episode I like to remember when and how I met people mm-hmm. and um you know you kind of did that for me I was going to go into the story of how we were in upward and I was playing basketball and um you know my sister and and Dakota were doing uh cheerleading and so just kind of that that program kind of brought us together and that friendship. And like you were saying, there's not too many people that look like us that were in that program. That's right. And so we kind of naturally, you and my mom, you and my mom kind of naturally like just formed that friendship. Mm-hmm. And I think it's awesome, you know, not only the, how natural it was, mm-hmm. but I guess the environment it was in, you know, cause I, a lot of the friendships that I have that were formed like within the church, mm-hmm. those are some of my greatest friendships because it was, formed on the foundation of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so I I think that's been a big reason why we've been so close for so long because of that foundation and of it being formed on that solid rock, which is Christ. And so, yeah, you, like I said, you did it for me, uh, (laughs) but that's pretty much kind of how we met. And like I was saying, as I got older, as I kind of broke out of my shell a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, we were able to have conversations as well and stuff like that. And we recently had a conversation on the phone. um, And, you know, I was just telling you how I really wanted to bring you on the platform. And, you know, I think that a lot of people can be impact, will be encouraged by some of the things that you say and stuff like that. But I guess when I brought this idea to you, what made you interested in being on it? Wow. First of all, I was I was surprised, and then I was you know I, I, w- I would never say no to my nephew, and <laughs> I started thinking, well, what you know, Lord, what 
would you have me to say as I really started to think about um, what I might be able to offer. And then, as you mentioned, you and I had that conversation about some of the things that you, you thought you'd like for me to share. And so, and at, at the same time, I have been um, asking God to um, enlarge my territory in terms of ministry and that kind of thing. So it's always good to have an opportunity to share a yep. testimony or a word of encouragement. And so um, I'm grateful that you asked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that that's awesome. And I, I, I appreciate you again for being on here. And that, that's something I definitely did see, you know, like I was saying before, I can truly see not just you, but the Lord working through you. And, you know, I believe that a lot of people will be so encouraged by, you know, what you're saying and stuff like that. But um, when we when we met, you know, you were kind of already on that trajectory of we already we knew you as the woman of God that you are. And so I guess my question to you is, who is Christy Douglas? Because that's something even I am interested in getting to know. So who is Christy Douglas? Well, she is so many things. We don't even have time. But I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no. Um, well, it. I am now um, a middle-aged woman. I started out walking with the Lord from an early age. That's not certainly not um, a, a point of uh, bragging or anything like that. Um, I can tell you, though, that coming to know Christ at an early age has definitely impacted yep. pretty much every every aspect of my life. Yeah. And so um, I can remember we were, I lived, I grew up in Washington, D.C., in that area. That's where I was born. Yeah. And we had a next door neighbor when I was about five uh, who had a summer vacation Bible school in her home. And so her desire was really just to evangelize the kids. And so she she had asked my mother uh, if I could come over and spend some time with them as they did their, their VBS, and my mother allowed that. And so it was just this woman's way of explaining the gospel in such a way that even I as a child could understand it and could also recognize my need for a savior. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you think maybe as a five-year-old or six-year-old by that time, what in the world could you possibly have thought about? And yeah. I could just think, okay, well, you know, when I went to my aunt's house and I took that piece of candy and she didn't know, that was sin. You know, and it, it's so interesting <laughs> because the, the Holy Spirit, can, I can remember the Holy Spirit just illuminating that. Like, that's what nailed me to the cross, that piece of candy, mm-hmm. that lie, that attitude, those kinds of things. And it just became so real to me. And so I, I can remember uh, giving my life to Christ and then I would go home and share that with my mother, mm. who had been raised in the church, um, but she didn't have a personal relationship with Christ at that time. And so I can remember coming home and just sharing with her what I was learning, and then she uh, eventually gave her life to Christ as well. So um, just having that early foundation has definitely um, contributed to the person that I am today. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes to show kind of like what Paul was talking about with Timothy in the books of Timothy, how he was saying, don't be discouraged by your youth. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we look at the youth and we think they're, they won't be able to understand this. You right. know, it, they won't be able to understand the scripture. They won't be able to understand the gospel. But I, I think it's such a valuable thing to 
share the gospel at a young age with kids because, you know, Christ, he tells us to have a childlike faith. Yes. Um, and when you think about children, they're very trustworthy. They're trusting, mm -hmm. especially to those who are in their lives a lot, you know. Right. So when you have your parents or anybody that a child may be looking up to, their guardian, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, if you tell them the sky is blue because somebody spray painted the sky blue, right. there's a good chance they might believe it. Correct. And so when you're when you, I guess, take that sponge that is a child and pour in the gospel to them, mm -hmm. I think that's a valuable thing. And obviously, you know, some people could grow up and turn away from that mm -hmm. and, you know, choose something else. Right. But I think, you know, valuing the children and pouring into them at such a young age will produce young godly believers who grow up and they could be an inspiration. And something I tell my brothers all the time, you know, they've taught me more about myself than probably anybody else because they've in a way, you know, they've challenged me to dive into the words so that I can pour the gospel into them mm -hmm. and to see them like growing up and understanding it. And sometimes even when I'm doing something wrong, mm -hmm. they're like, Hey buddy, you're, you're breaking the so-and-so commandment. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, you, you got me, <laughs> you know, just kind of yeah. spewing the words back at me. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think that's so valuable. And, you know, I, I definitely can see the, the fruits of that labor mm -hmm. of being like you were saying, the five-year-old who the gospel is being poured into mm -hmm. and understanding sin at such an early age. I, I think that's so valuable. Yeah. And, you know, it's better early than later. You know, it reminds me of the book of Ecclesiastes. Um, and we're told in that book to not wait till you're at an old age to where it gets harder. It gets harder to be faithful at an older age because there's so many issues that could come from that. You know, you could be, you know, more prone to sickness um, and a lot of stuff like that. So just having that as a, at a young, at such a young age and growing up in the church, I think that's so important. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think that that'll help to produce a lot more disciples, a lot more uh, believers sure. as the generations go on. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's amazing. Um, I know VBS, that's a, a powerful thing for children. Mm -hmm. And just to see that, you know, you were able to benefit from that, mm -hmm. that. That's an awesome thing to hear. That's all glory to the Most High for that. Absolutely. Um, I, let me let me just add also, yeah. um, you know, Scripture says you, you should train up a child in the way he should go. And mm -hmm. when he's old, he will not depart from it. So there's definitely a, a benefit to that. But to your point where you mentioned that, you know, if you told a child that, I painted this, spray painted the sky blue, and that's why it's blue, and they believe it. Part of some people's skepticism about you coming to Christ as a child is, well, you didn't know any better, that's and so true. you would have believed what what anybody told you. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to sort of speak on that. Maybe somebody's listening and thinking, well, it's easy to make a kid believe that. Yeah. I am now 33 and <laughs> have seen the faithfulness of God. Yeah. From so so if I was then raised in the church from that point, there's still a point where you become a woman and you have full responsibility for your life and you have to make the choices yourself. Mm -hmm. And so mama's not there, pastor's not there, it's just me or maybe me and someone else, and I have to decide whose voice am I going to follow. Mm -hmm. Is it 
the, is it the word that's been implanted in me and the Holy Spirit that is speaking to me about a situation? What am I going to have to, uh, what am I going to do? And so I have had to make those choices. I have proven my faith and I've also, and God has proven himself to me over the years as well. I've seen him do some amazing things in response to my faith or in response to my prayer or my actions. Mm-hmm. And so um, God is real, mm-hmm. and Christ is real. And so I don't want anybody listening or watching to to um, to doubt that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and that, that's an awesome point. You know, kind of to add on to it, I had the last episode that at the time of recording this, the episode before this one, mm-hmm. I had another one, <laughs> another one of my cousins on. I, if you can't tell, I like having my family on. Yeah, yeah. but uh, <laughs> it and y'all are family, so. Thank you. Um, but. I had, yeah, I had my cousin on and something that he was talking about was what kind of led him to Christ was he was just going to church just cause out of like respect for his parents. Right. And he saw it once he, as he got older, he saw his sister leave the church mm-hmm. and it was, it was like a, um, okay, I don't want to just go to church for my parents anymore. Like I actually want to build that relationship between me and God. That's right. And not have my parents be like the bridge because mm-hmm. your parents aren't supposed to be the bridge. You know, they can guide you, but Jesus is that bridge. We can't take Jesus place. Right. And so he said after he saw that her do that, um, he, it led him to do the same thing. And that's how he was able to build his relationship with God between him and God, because he saw his sister do that. And so it wasn't just out of respect for his parents anymore. Mm-hmm. It was. um it was because, you know, God led him somewhere else and he was able to find his identity in Christ directly from God. And so, yeah, that was a great point that you just said, because, um, you know, like you were saying, a lot of children, we, they, they usually believe what we tell them, but it does get to a point where you're going to have to make that choice on your own. I think you, there, there's a point where it's like, okay, your parents, they did the best that they could for you. Now it's time for you to make that ultimate choice for yourself. That's right. And so my question to you is, you know, in between that time of being that five-year-old in VBS Mm -hmm. and to committing your life to Christ, what does that look like in between? How did you, how was that path leading you to Christ and making that choice? Okay, that's a great question. So um, after I received Christ, um, my mother was led to a a Bible-believing church. And Church um, at that time for us was was very different than it is now. Uh, a lot of times there are now these mega churches, and yeah. you may never get to meet your pastor in in some situations. You might meet an associate pastor who's over twenty different cell groups, and you happen to be in one of those groups, and you you only get to see your pastor on Sundays on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Well, in that time, we were at a church that was very small, but um, our pastor believed in discipleship. Mm-hmm. And so even at six, seven, eight, he would have uh, one-on-one or two-on-one, his wife and myself, or maybe two or three other um, people at the time, in a, what he called a new believers class. And so we would meet at their home, and he would just feed scriptures. That's good. And so he would have these little note cards, I mean, like A through Z. So A, all we like sheep have gone astray. B, behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sins of the world. C, call unto me and I will answer thee. I mean, you see, it was it was drills. Yeah. And so he would just slap them down on the table. And so what that did for me, David said, Lord, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. And so 
all the way along those scriptures or things like that where he had challenged us to get in the word, you got to know that's how you're going to be able to fight because you might have, um, scripture talks about we have a very real enemy, the devil. Mm-hmm. And so you, you might be in a situation where you're like, mm, I'm on the fence about this thing. Is this the right way to go or not? And all of a sudden, there will just be um, a voice um, in, in your spirit that says, this is the way to go based on my word. And mm-hmm. that scripture will come up. And so it is such a valuable tool to be able to fight. So my pastor taught me that along the way. So when we talk about um, the time when you're on your own, for me, that came at college. And so when I went away, uh, I did not have, I went away a few hours from home and I didn't have mama in my ear and Mm -hmm. I didn't have pastor in my ear. Um, I had all kinds of other new voices Mm -hmm. and new activities and and things that people were doing that looked like a lot of fun. Um, And then there were times where like, am I going to do this thing? I feel like I shouldn't. Let me do this thing. But at a certain, at sometimes you feel very isolated because yeah. if you don't have other people around you who believe like you believe, you got to seek them out. And thankfully, um, pretty early on, my freshman year, the end of, end of my freshman year into my sophomore year, I got connected with a with a wonderful um, college Bible fellowship. Um, it was called Bridge the Gap Campus Ministries. Mm-hmm. And so I, once I got involved in, in Bridge the Gap, I found my people. And so it wasn't as hard, and we were accountable to each other. We would, you know, spend time with each other. We would just kind of hang out and fellowship, and really just make sure that that the connections that we were making were good ones. Yeah. And we became the best of friends to this day. We are still all the best of friends, but that was how we made it. And um, that didn't mean that there were no bumps in the road, that there were no horrible decisions, but to have that group to fall back on to pray with, to fellowship with, to worship with, um, was incredible. So for me, college and being in campus ministry made all the difference in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. It, if, for those of you that are listening, y'all, y'all just hearing that, I, I know that, and if you've been listening and paying attention, I know you're getting some deja vu, because I, I talk about my college experience a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I... That's so similar to kind of what I went through, too, because I um, I reclassified from the class of 19 to the class of 18. Okay. And so I was I, I went through with my sister and, you know, it it led me to start the reclassified, the reclassified, which is my blog, the reclassified dot com. Make sure you go check it out. I post other blogs there. I go post other encouraging content over there. Make sure you go check it out. Make sure you go read it. Make sure you leave a review. Make sure you subscribe and do all that. Shameless plug. But uh, I do that. I do that every episode. But uh, it, yeah, it, um, it. So I guess, and something else you said, the voices, right? Mm-hmm. And in high school, I was hearing so many different voices of just telling me what who I should be, mm-hmm. and like even who they think I should be, like who my friends think I should be, which I, I don't, you know, blame them for. Um, you know, even something like they would always tell me stuff like, you know, uh, Gabe, you could, you know, you could get any any girl you wanted, right? Mm-hmm. And like, it, I wasn't necessarily doing that, but those thoughts were always in there. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they, a lot of them, made me feel like that's what I should be doing. Right. It made me feel like I'm not doing the right thing. It made me feel like I'm not living right. You know. Right. 
because my mind was just being filled with all the different voices. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I reclassified from the class of 19 to the class of 18. And so I didn't graduate with my, my friends. Right. And so I was just thrown into a college environment as a 17-year-old with a bunch of people that are older than me. Right. And it, I didn't really know who I was. And at the same time, now that the, the reason I look back and it was a very one of the most important points in my life was because all of those voices that I was hearing back in high school, those voices were no longer there because everybody was still seniors while I was in college. So I didn't really talk to anybody. I was, like you said, isolated. Mm -hmm. And I usually just kind of went to class, went to the cafeteria, Mm -hmm. went back to my room, did homework, slept. And that was like my life. So it was discouraging. That's how it's supposed to be, but okay. (laughs) I mean, yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. But like it, it was, I guess I didn't really have that community yes. of people that I could, I guess, go hang out with. It was just kind of like me on my own gotcha. and kind of like you. Um, I was connected with this group on there called M28, which I had the director on a few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. And something that he mentioned was their goal is for the voice of Jesus to be the loudest voice on campus. Absolutely. And that. And when he said that, I was like, wow, that, that's amazing because in college, it's sort of like a, kind of like the child, like you're kind of like a sponge. So that first year especially is so important because you could be pulled in so many different directions. Right. But with M28, their goal, having wanting Jesus' voice to be the loudest voice, they want Jesus' voice to echo across the whole campus so that anybody but especially new freshmen coming in they can hear that voice and they could go to it kind of like the star Mm -hmm. and they can be led to Jesus so you know I I think that's that's awesome that you were saying that because I think that's how a lot of people are kind of they have that foundation especially a lot of Christians that grew up in the church they have that foundation Mm -hmm. and you know they a lot of them go to church because one that's what your parents tell you to do too because how else are you going to get around your parents are the ones with the license mm-hmm. but it, it it eventually gets to that point where you're going to have to make the choice and so you know God being as gracious as he is led us to those people that we needed at that point in time in our lives to help us hear the voice of Jesus so that it can be the loudest voice and all of the other voices that may try to pull us in different directions can just be moved aside all that opposition can be moved aside and stuff so yeah that that's awesome and you know like I was saying if y'all been listening and paying attention that that that's like I I love hearing that I love hearing when you know believers they kind of hit that point in college where they um that's where they kind of found their idea I guess by hearing the voice of Jesus they heard their identity that he shared with them their identity and so I, I think that's amazing that, that you were saying that. And it's awesome. But I guess now that once you heard that, once you found that out mm-hmm. and, and fully committed yourself and devoted yourself to Christ, mm-hmm. I guess from that point on till now, mm-hmm. I guess what are some of the ups and downs that you've seen through your walk with Christ? Okay, yeah, that that is such a powerful question. And one of the words that you've been saying uh, or re- repeating in our conversation is identity. 
And so um, I just want to share for anybody who is walking with the Lord, especially new believers who might be listening, once you accept Christ does not mean that life is just a bed of roses. Yep. It is not. As a matter of fact, it is, it is so much not a bed of roses that um, Christ even said um, while he was here, in this world, you will have tribulation. Yep. You will. And so he could have stopped right there. But he says, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Mm -hmm. And so the more we set our minds to live for Christ and to live like Christ, as I mentioned earlier, we have an enemy, the devil, whose desire it is for us to be pulled aside from that mission. Yeah. His desire, even though he cannot take our salvation, is to shake our identity. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so from that point, um, after uh, leaving college and getting into the work world, some people um, that I would encounter, because they knew I was a Christian, their desire was to, let me knock her off of that. Yeah. Um, and so they might do it through maybe inviting me places that they knew I wouldn't really want to go. Or it might be through relationships where I would feel um, compelled to compromise. If scripture says, don't be unequally yoked, you know, you need to stay connected to a believer. Mm-hmm. And I might be tempted to date somebody who didn't love God or didn't know God. Yeah. Or maybe I'm staying along the dating thing, um, being um, going out maybe with somebody who was separated and not divorced. Mm-hmm. That's not single. What is the word? What does the word of God say? You know, you you've yeah. got some standards here. Yeah. So, what's your identity going to be? Is your identity going to be that you're going to uh, be a follower of Christ, or you're going to do what the world is tempting you to do? And it's so easy to be um, led in those ways, and it happens one little compromise at a time. It's not. It's not like the devil sets this big thing before you that you automatically know. Oh no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. It's a subtle thing. Because uh, the scripture talks about how the enemy comes as an angel of light, right? And a lot of times I can think about some of the worst people for me were ones who were spitting scriptures, you know. And they knew. The enemy knows the word. And so that could draw you in and you're like, wait a minute. This person isn't, even though they're saying the right thing, their life is not lining up. They're saying there's a fruit tree, but I don't see any fruit. Yeah. And so um, there would just be these tests over the years. So when it came to the time that I would fail the tests, that's a test of, of your true of what you believe about your identity. Because you can mess up so badly sometimes that you feel like, oh man, I'll never, I can't be forgiven for that. Um, I will never recover from that. Yep. I was doing so well, you know, being this this super Christian or whatever. Sometimes we can believe our own hype. That, you know, I'm, I was doing so great, being so holy. I was always in church. And now this thing has happened, and I've fallen off. And so I can remember a point um, in my life after I had been married, had children, that kind of thing. It was just a really, really rough time. I had been let go from a job. Um, in my home, we were having some personal challenges. We were having some financial things going on. And I just really felt like, wow. This is probably the lowest place I've ever been in my life. There's a lot of low places that we're going to hit when you talk about these ups and downs. There's a lot of low places because life just be lifing. And so, um, you know, this was one of those things. And I just fell into such a slump 
spiritually because I just kind of felt like, you know, what have, what have I done to contribute to this? You know, what, what have I, could I have done differently? I just felt like everything was my fault, and I couldn't figure out how to get out of it. And so one time I can remember in um, my fellowship with, with the Lord, I could hear the Lord speaking, and he said, you know, if you understood who I was, you would see this situation a lot differently. And he posed this question, and he said, who am I? Now, that is such a loaded question because if you ask 20 Christians who God is, you're going to get 20 different answers. Oh, yeah. He's the shepherd. He's, you know, he's father. He's you know, all kinds of things. But that day, in my spirit, came the words, you are the king. And I could hear him say, you're right. I'm the king. And if you're my daughter, then what does that make you? Mm-hmm. And I said, a princess. And so that set me on this journey of really understanding what did that mean to be a daughter of the king? What does it mean to be the king's daughter? That's not like an ordinary thing. Like everybody can't say, you know, my dad's a king. I mean, nobody can really, you know, you don't really encounter that very often. And so I started searching scriptures to really understand what does that mean? And, um, and it just and from and I've always been a writer and a journaler and I like to write songs and poetry and that kind of thing. And around that time, the Lord put a song in my spirit called "Daughter of the King" that really just began to explain what my identity was um, in Him. Mm-hmm. And that that is powerful. Um, I heard somebody say that our biggest boasting point. And in life is that we are sons, we are daughters of the king. We are sons and daughters of the most high mm-hmm. of the Lord. And that that is something truly to to boast about, not in an arrogant and prideful way. Right. But in the fact that, you know, because of God's grace, despite our our failures, our mishaps, our mistakes, our choices, you know, he still chooses to be that father. You know, he tells us in Corinthians, I believe, and I don't know it like verbatim, but essentially he just tells in Corinthians that I will be a father to you and you will be my children. Yes. And that that is something that I think as a Christian, you know, or as a believer, once you come to that realization and then you go on the journey of getting to know God more and you start to see who he is, mm-hmm. it, it's something that really is enlightening. and it not only tells you a lot about yourself, but it tells you about God, the the God that you serve. And we're obviously never going to understand everything about God because if we could, that wouldn't, he wouldn't be God. But um, at the same time, you know, and, and some people have asked me before, you know, how do I get to know God better? Like, how do I get to know God's character? Mm -hmm. And, you know, some, I tell them is just look at Jesus. You know, Jesus was the, is like the carnation or I don't know how you say it, but Jesus was the living embodiment of God here on earth and the manifestation of God here on earth. Mm -hmm. And so in the old Testament, when you hear God is love, you could look in the gospels and see, read about Jesus and see, okay, how exactly is God loving? You could look in the old Testament and see God, you know, reveal something about himself to the prophets, Mm -hmm. look to the gospels and you can read about how Jesus actually lived that out, how he interacted with people and all of those things. And so, yeah, just, just that, that realization about, like you were saying of, you know, realizing who God is, 
and how that can reveal to you who you are. I think that's such a breaking point, especially a breaking point for believers because it can truly help you start and begin to live in purpose. And, um, you know, like you were saying, that's something that I, I, and I, I actually didn't realize this in college. College was sort of like the stepping stone. I didn't, you know, really truly start to actually, that was a lot of like, uh, synonyms in like one sentence. Wow. (laughs) I, 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 I didn't start to actually really live out the purpose that God had set for me till I graduated, not necessarily because I was doing anything wrong, but it, it was more of, I guess, not sins of, and I, I, I know I'm going to get this wrong, but there's like sins of omission and then sins of um, commission. commission. Mm-hmm. I forget which one is when you're not. So omission, to omit something you didn't do is a sin of omission that you should have done. Okay. And then the sin of commission would be something you did that you shouldn't have done. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and so I I wasn't I I knew the scripture, not all of it, but I God was pouring into me the scripture and just sharing me things that I should be doing, yeah. but I wasn't necessarily doing them. Mm-hmm. Um and so when I graduated and God put on my heart to, you know, do all of this to launch the podcast and really devote time to the ministry and everything Mm -hmm. that's when I I started to see and it started to be revealing to me how much God loves me and how much of a father he desires to be to me and so hearing you come to that realization that you are a a daughter of the king Mm -hmm. and how that has carried you and helped you with your with your life that that's truly an amazing thing to hear Mm -hmm. and you know, we know that God being the good father that he is, he is also a provider and he provides his children with, with blessings and, and gifts. So what gifts have you seen in your life that you came to the realization that God has given you and how have you used them to further the kingdom? Oh, yeah. I, I think um, just going back to what I was saying about the um, the song that I had written, Daughter of the King. Like, that's not, a, that's not a big deal. So you're journaling, so you come up with this little song. Okay, great, great, great. Yeah. But I knew that there was something really special about that. Um, I just felt like there's something behind this. And so I got it fully produced. Um, I have never thought of myself as much of a singer. Um, I think I have a nice voice, but I never have thought of myself as a, as a really good, strong singer. And so I had searched high and low to try to get somebody to record this song. I couldn't. I couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what? Let me just go ahead and do this, and, and eventually I can redo it later. Yeah. But it came out really well. And so um, so I would go around, and I would ask to speak at uh, women's groups about some of the things that I was learning about God and things I was just really getting excited about, this journey that I was on, this new identity that I had found, so I had this this song, and um, one day, um, and it was getting a lot a lot of attention. And one day, I had approached the minister of music at my church, and I said, and "We and our church had um, just built a new women's shelter." And so I said, "Would you give me a Sunday to be able to minister this song?" And uh, and I've got these CDs made, and I will put them in the bookstore. And as people buy them, all the proceeds can go toward this um, shelter. And so he had heard the song, and he, you know. He agreed that there was something to it, and he said, "You know what, Christy? He said, I, he said, I'm going to tell you no. 
you you cannot because I wow. think it's it's not just this. He said, I want you to go back, take this song, and pray about what's the story behind it. He was like, there is a story behind it, and I'm going to challenge you to write that story. And so I left all dejected, like, man, can't you just give me the Sunday? You know, let's, let's yeah. I didn't I didn't sign up for all of this. Yeah. But I think I mentioned to you that right around that time I got let go from, from a job. I had a year of unemployment. Wow. A whole year to sit and think about what God was doing in my life. And so as I'm going through this journey, that one song, God gave me a whole idea for a play. That one song turned into 15. And so I wrote a show called Daughter of the King, the musical. And that following year, um, I was able to stage that production. Yeah. And have done it several other times um, since then, and it has always been a blessing. The other thing that uh, came from it is the, the studies that I was doing uh, on my own, just the Bible studies, and I'm taking notes. I'm like, this is really good. i got to share this. And I started volunteering um, to serve at local uh, women's shelters. There was one shelter that I, I taught at for five years, just that material, which ended up being a book that I wrote called Portrait of a Princess, The Truth About You from the King's Point of View. Mm-hmm. I took all that I had learned, all that I was teaching, I took the music from the musical and included it in the book. So it was just all the stuff just kind of rolled up into one. And, I'm, and so when you talk about gifts... I was not trained in any of that. I am trained, actually, um, my, my educational background is journalism. So I've, I've always been a writer. I've always loved to write. Yeah. But I wouldn't necessarily have called myself gifted in that way. I understand music. I've always loved music. Um, I understand music theory and that kind of thing, but I don't really play. You know, I'm, I yeah. just wouldn't put myself out there necessarily as a musician. Um, but I am a composer. Now, and I'm a songwriter now, and those are divinely gifted things. And where did they come from? If I had not been in that low place, if I had always been riding high and everything was going well, I would not have had um, a reason to seek God with that kind of intensity. Mm-hmm. I was fighting for my life, my spiritual life, my thought life, my sanity, if you will. And if I had not been in that place, Mm-hmm. I would not have found that. And so um, so you got all of these pieces. Um, to him be all the glories. You got, yep. you got the music. You got the play. You got the book, right? And all these things are, like, so random. So I started thinking, God, I mean, this is cool, but, like, why? Why, why is all of this here? Mm-hmm. And um, he gave me an idea for uh, a ministry called She Reigns. And the mission became creating a world where every woman knows her worth. Going back to that identity again. Because I was working with women at that point who were just in some really low places. Mm -hmm. The the particular um, ministry that I was working with served women who had been addicted um, to drugs or alcohol, had lost their families, lost their marriages, lost their homes, and now this was where they had landed. So Mm -hmm. they were in that low place. Yeah. Right. Different reason, but same place. Yeah. Rock bottom. And so I'm like, I have something to say to them. I didn't get in this pit in the same way, but I know how to get out. And so um, so as I began to pray about uh, forming this organization, uh, She Reigns Ministries was formed in 2015. And so we got a book. 
we got to play, we have music, all of these things plus other activities that were created and designed to show women in particular um, how uh, their value, what their, how they are valued by our father, the king. Mm. And not just women. I've had at every play we've ever done, there's always been some brothers that come up and say, when you gonna do a son of the king? <laughs> <laughs> like we feel left out. I was feeling that, you know. And it's such it's such a girly uh, show, but they're just men that it, that it resonates with as well. So that's always been fun. But um, but that's how God, when He says, when Scripture talks about God works all things together, yeah, for good to them that love God and are called according to His purpose, and that He foreknew that before before I was ever saved. He knew that, that this little girl, let me back up for just a second. I, I think sometimes yeah. I used to think of it as almost like a bragging point. I got saved when I was six. When I think about the horrible things that I have chosen along this line, God had to save me that early. Yeah. She going to need a whole lifetime of word to yeah. come out of this unscathed. Mm -hmm. And so um, now I look at it that way, like, Lord, thank you snatching me that early mm -hmm. that you didn't awake and let me be the hellion that I could have been yeah um up to this point and and I'm just uh grateful for that so yeah that's that's how he has uh that's how he's gifted me some of the ways and I'm still still discovering that you you had mentioned that when you were in college you said um I wasn't really living my purpose until I graduated yeah I'm gonna push back on that a little bit because there's a time of preparation that's true. Yeah. Before your purpose. Mm -hmm. God can't just slingshot you out there because you're going to be out there like, I don't really know what's going on. And yeah. that quiet time of isolation and that time where you were just showing discipline to the calling. You're like, I came to the school to get this degree in four years. Mm -hmm. This is what I need to do. That is absolutely preparation for, for the purpose of whatever ministry. And your purpose will change. Mm -hmm. Right now it's this. Because you're single gay with all the time in the world and you're, you're doing it this way. You know what I mean? Like you can yeah. just up and do whatever. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. But maybe one day God brings somebody into your life and, and you have children and life just has to change. And now your purpose is dad plus whatever. It, it keeps morphing. So don't, mm -hmm. I just didn't want you to think like, okay, now I understand because I'm yeah. doing this podcast and I'm doing this and that. This is just one thing on this day. There's many, many more to come and there's more iterations of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and to to touch on your that that point, you know, there are pivots in, in life. You know, God could have you going one way, and then like Abraham, oh, go to this completely different land, yes. right? And it now now that you say that, that kind of puts it in perspective. Now now it it does make it, it does I guess put it in perspective. And you, you're right. Um, I I received a calling from the Lord in my sophomore year. Um. I went on this, that Christian organization I was a part of, M28, mm -hmm. we, they went on this, they go on this retreat every year to Panama City Beach in Florida. Okay. And uh, I went, <clears throat> I went on it, uh, I forget if this was freshman year, the freshman year or sophomore year one, mm -hmm. but I don't remember. But uh, I was talking to this one guy and something that God put on my, they, there's a, mo there's a time, I think Wednesday night of just reflection where after the service, we just, they're just like playing music and you can just have alone time with God. You could go pray with other people. You can, 
you know, just do whatever you want, but it's just like a time between you and God. And so I usually just took those time to reflect and I didn't really pray. I just tried to listen to what God was trying to tell me. Mm -hmm. And something I heard God tell me was, I need you to be the brother that you're, be the big brother that your little brothers need so that they can see me. Cause you know, with my dad, um, working, Mm -hmm. you know, long hours and, my mom kind of having to focus more on, I guess, like the development and stuff like that. And she's busy in her own right, too. Um, You know, he was like, I need you to step up and be the person who shows your brothers who I am. And so and I I was actually talking to a friend there, too. And he said he felt he received the same calling, too. Mm -hmm. And so after that week, it was crazy, a crazy thing. The week after that, that's when it was sophomore year then. Cause the week after that COVID hit. And so now I'm just at home wow. all day. Wow. And so I started doing nightly devotions cause now I had time to do it instead of, you know, being at school all the time. So it started with just my little brothers and then, um, I started doing it with the whole family. So I was leading like our nightly devotions every night mm-hmm. and that you're, you're exactly right. Cause that period in time, God gave me that calling and gave me that challenge and gave me that resource. Okay. It obviously COVID was a very difficult time for a lot of people, sure. but God's ability to use that to in my life to help, I guess, fulfill the calling that he put in my life. Now I see my brothers, you know, doing their own thing and being as developed as they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have too much time anymore working full time and everything and all of this other stuff, sure. but Yeah, that foundation. And then, like you were saying, with the pivot and the change, now it's more, now it's led to more opportunities within the church. Now it's led to more opportunities um, at my place of work. You know, there's a guy at my job who, me and him, we did a Bible study a few weeks ago. That's something I never thought I would do at work. I thought it was just going to be, okay, go do this engineering thing and go home. But me and him did a little Bible study together a few weeks ago. And, you know, hopefully it can grow. Mm-hmm. Um, still got to break out of my show with that as well. So that's something I'm still working on. Yeah. But, yeah, just to see that that pivot and everything and how God really can move in our lives and, and help us get to where he has called us to be. And then your other point with, um, you know, that time where you were unemployed and everything, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of times, and I think you alluded to this a little bit earlier, too, Christianity, it's not a promise that life is going to be easy. There are going to be some times when, you know, you're on the top of the mountain and there are going to be some times when you're in the valley. Right. But I think something that a lot of, if I, if y'all, something I could tell y'all, you know, a lot of times, you know, when you're in the valley, mm-hmm. it's going to be about trust. You know, God is going to tell you, okay, you're in the valley. Are you going to keep walking even though the, dis- the distance is unknown? And so are you going to trust that I know that distance and that I'm going to get you there? And so I'm sure that when it first happened, when you were first um, unemployed, you probably didn't necessarily know that it was going to be a year, but God guiding you through that valley and the trust that you continue to have in him. And now it's led to so many more opportunities for that impact. And a lot of the women that you were saying that are in a similar position you know, they can see you and hear your story. You are story. They can see you and hear your story and see that there is hope. See that 
even though they may not know when the next mountain is going to come and when they're going to be at the top of that next mountain, you know, they can see the faith that you have and see that, okay, that's something that God can let me have as well. And so that, that's awesome that you're saying that. And you know, that, that's something that I did want to bring up the, the she reigns ministries. So I guess you, you answered already. That's kind of how that came about, right? Yes. That whole process. And so I guess, what are some of the impacts that you've seen from that? What are some of the fruits that you've seen from that? What are some of the, the, I guess, the life-changing impacts you've seen in different women from all walks of life from that? Absolutely. Yeah, we've had um, the, the privilege of being able to, as I mentioned, go into uh, different organizations. Uh, yeah. For instance, right before COVID hit, um, I was teaching at the county jail. Um, that kind of thing. So it really just having a burden to go where the need is. Um, and, you, did, you know, we did the work with the, the shelter for all those years. Um, we've done the shows. I have done uh, women's workshops, um, not necessarily for women that you would typically um, say are in crisis or in transition. Um, yeah. But these were for um, just women who were just seeking God. And yeah. I find that sometimes um, when you think about one of the things we really touch on is um, self-esteem, which I call God-esteem. In other words, it's not really important what you think about you. It's important what God says is true about you. Um, the way that women who are in a crisis present um, low self-esteem, you can tell, right? Mm -hmm. You can see that this person really feels low about themselves. But for other women... We do a great job of hiding that. We hide it with the makeup. We hide it with the clothes. We hide it with the jewelry. We hide it with the things that we, the, where we live and, and what we buy and how yeah. we present. But we're still broken yeah. um, for a lot of reasons, whether it's maybe a, a marriage that's failing or it could have been childhood abuse. It could be any number of things. But we don't go around with a face that wants people to know um, or with, with in a way that presents that we want people to know that we're broken inside. So we... We go uh, to great lengths to hide that. And so I try to reach those women as well um, because we all need to come to that realization that our worth is tied in Christ. It is not tied in marriage. It's not tied in a job. It's not tied in finances. Why? Because Christ gives this story um, about two men who both of them built a house. One decides to build on a rock and the other decides to build on sand. The same storm happens to both. What happens? The one who built on sand has his house completely destroyed. Mm -hmm. But the one who builds on the rock is still standing. So in this um, parable, the rock represents Christ, and it mm -hmm. represents a relationship with Christ. And the sand represents people who are just kind of out here on their own, doing it their own way. Yeah. Remember I mentioned that just because you know Christ, you're not living this this um, easy life. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it's the same storm. Yeah. Like you would think, like, because I'm a Christian, I shouldn't have a storm. No. Evil happens to all of us. And so um, what I guess my part of my mission with um, She Reigns is to, is to let us know that regardless of what we're going through, God still is. He still loves you. Just because you hit a storm or a storm hits you doesn't mean you're any less loved. I was um, reading this morning, as a matter of fact, about um, Elijah 
and how he was, um, the people were in a drought. And God tells him, okay, I want you to go to this brook. There's no food around, but when you go to this brook, I'm going to command the ravens to feed you. Yeah. And you'll be, and, and that's what I want you to do. So he goes and he, and the ravens feed him. But guess what? The brook dries up. Now that was tripping me out because I was thinking, but God, he's going at your direction. And so when we're in complete obedience to you, it should just be good from there, right? Mm-hmm. Nope. You know why? Because of that word pivot that mm-hmm. you mentioned. And it's like, okay, now the brook is dried up. So now I want you to go to a widow. And I've commanded her to, to take care of you. Go to the widow now. And it's like he's doing exactly what God tells him to do, but things are still falling apart. And so I, I guess um, with me saying that, I really want to encourage um, somebody who may be like, but I'm doing all the right things. You know, I'm really seeking God. I'm really praying, and I'm, and I'm trying to hear his voice, and, I, and I'm doing what I believe he wants me to do, and it's still falling apart. What I took from that this, this morning, and in that story, he goes to the widow, and she does um, take care of him, and, she, and he stays there for three years until God gives him the next assignment. Yep. Just follow. <laughs> And he's going to provide. He's promised that, um, that he would provide for us if we were obedient to him. It's a whole lot better than just being out here on our own and just, you know, just doing what we want to do. Um, but in terms of the other, um, you had asked me about the things that, that we have been able to do. So all of those activities, the workshops, the, the classes, the, um, the resources that we're providing. But as a matter of fact, one of the things that we're um, – really excited about in terms of pivoting to the next thing because a lot of what we were doing required us to be face-to-face with people mm-hmm. and COVID, yep. right? So um, COVID did a, a number on us in terms of trying to figure out, well, Lord, is, is this still relevant? I know the need is still there, but how do you want us to meet it now? And so one of the things that I am really excited about, um, and it's a vision that I have had for quite some time, but I could never figure out how to make it happen, I knew that I wanted to um, do an audiobook version of, of Portrait of a Princess. That's nothing novel, right? Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be able to put it on a device that I could then distribute to homeless women. Okay, so why not just put it on an MP3 player, right? That's easy. But if you're homeless and you don't have electricity, uh, you can't yeah. charge it, right? Yeah. So that was sort of the thing, like, okay, there's got to be a device that... Yeah that can solve for this. So finally I was able to, to connect with a company that has a solar powered audio device so that we can upload our message. We can upload the music and we can give this device out with headphones, um, to, uh, women as part of street ministry. Um, we're in Charlotte and Charlotte is, has a growing problem with what they call tent cities just encampments where you have homeless people who really would rather be on the street um, because it's so dangerous in shelters. Not that they yep. want to be out there, but they're not safe, and they're like, we'd rather just be out here. So something that could reach those women who aren't going to seek instruction, they're not coming to church, they're not in a shelter. Um, so we have finally figured out that solution, and we're going to be raising money for that project, what we call the Princess Project. Mm-hmm. And to that end, in... Um, May, Mother's Day weekend, we will be doing um, Daughter of the King, the musical again, but as a stage reading um, Mm. in Charlotte. So 
Um, if anybody's listening and is interested in attending that, um, you can find out more, more information on sherains.org. And so we'll have those tickets available for sale pretty soon. So we're really excited about that. That's one way that we're going to pivot and try to do some outreach um, as well as still offering the same resources that we have available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for everybody listening, I'll make sure to put like all those links, all that information in the description. So, you know, you can make sure to check it out, uh, get involved any way you can and help support the ministry. That'll, that'll be greatly appreciated. And, you know, it, it, it'll, it'll be of service to not only uh, Miss Christie, but to the Lord as well. So and and the people that it is going to touch. So, you know, I encourage you to help out with that. Um but yeah, a, a point you made uh, a little bit before about, I guess, seeking the kingdom. You know, we all know that verse: seek first the kingdom of the seek first the kingdom and its righteousness, and all these things will be added upon to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think a lot of times we, a lot of Christians, we hear the commands and we hear this stuff that sounds good, mm-hmm. but forget that it, it's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be you're not always going to, I guess, be in the bright days. You may have to go through the valley, like we were saying earlier. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I think with, with that, I think a way that you can really, I guess, navigate that is like you were saying, follow the Lord and really find joy in that union. You know, something I heard is um, one of the greatest joy in the world is union with, with Christ. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times we we fall in love. I think about it like the um, we we're talking about parables. I think about it with the prodigal son. And I was talking about this on uh, last week's episode. Um, you know, I, I was at a point in my life. This was actually really recent, maybe a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. where I was getting so I, I did an episode with it hasn't come out yet at the time we're recording this. But I did an episode with one of my friends and I titled it Unplugged. Mm-hmm. Pretty much just sometimes it's good to just unplug from social media and just really take time for yourself, really take time to just allow God to just pour into you and not be, you know, distracted with all the social media stuff. And then, you know, once that you can obviously hop back on it when you feel prepared and everything, but it's, it's always good to just take a break from all of that. And so something that I was doing, I was looking at numbers. I was looking at, um, Oh, how many people watch this? How many people did that? How many people did that? And that can really get overwhelming because I'm like, God, like you called me to do this, man. Like I'm trying my best. I know I've only been at it for like a couple months, but like I'm doing your work. Like why, why is this not popping off? And the reason I think that was is because, or not, I think the reason that was, was because of jealousy, because of coveting. You know, I was looking at some of my other friends who are doing their own thing and I see it shooting up mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily like the wrong thing. There is a place for that. And I do enjoy some of the stuff that they do put out, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily like directly like, I guess, Christ centered. Sure. Um, And so I was like, God, like what was <laughs> what's going on? Like and I, I drove to work like the whole time just talking to the Lord. I was like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And so usually at uh at work I'm listening to podcasts, I'm listening to sermons and all that. Mm-hmm. Cause w- with a day that filled, I have to take in as much as I can and I 
I really like doing that. And so I'm usually listening to podcasts, sermons and stuff like that because my job is from nine to five, but or from eight to six. But my work is all day, every day. And so even when I'm at work, I'm still trying to pour in and still trying to live in the purpose that God has set for me. Um, So I was listening to the sermon and it was this one preacher of Odi Bakum and he was talking about the prodigal son. And so we, we know that story. We don't have to get into too much of it now, but Mm -hmm. long story short, when the prodigal son came back after doing his own thing, spending all that money and stuff, Mm -hmm. and he was receiving all this celebration the other son, the older son, he was like, Father, why why is he getting all this? Why am I not getting anything? I've been here working for you. I've been doing all this. Right. And the father was like, well, son, you know, he was lost and now he's found. He was dead and now he's alive. And, mm-hmm. you know, that sermon is a compilation of three sermons, the lost coin or the lost sheep, the lost coin and the lost son. Mm-hmm. And the purpose of that was, you know, Jesus was telling us to celebrate the unbelievers who become believers. Sure. And so he was saying a lot of time, the preacher was saying a lot of times we are the older son. You know, we look at ourselves and we're like, I've been doing this, but why am I not seeing the fruits of that? Why am I not being celebrated? Mm -hmm. And the realization I came to was that that son had something that the prodigal son didn't, which was time with the father. Mm -hmm. And so the whole time I'm over here complaining, wow. I was with the Lord. I was serving the Lord. And that's, there's joy in that union. You don't, I don't have to be celebrated to have, have joy right. because like you were saying earlier, that joy is simply from being in union with Christ. God chose me. God chose us to be children of him. And so that was like a really big thing for me. And I, I, that's why it was so powerful what you said, um, you know, with all the jewelry and the glitz and the glam and all that stuff, mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. Right. But, um, at the same time, we can't put that in place of the joy that we can receive from the Lord. Cause you will receive so much more joy from being in a relationship with Jesus than anything that this world could give you or Absolutely. tell you or anything. Absolutely. And so it, it's amazing that you know, part of the mission for your ministry is helping uh, women realize that and just anybody, anybody can benefit from it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I think that's awesome, but I guess, you know, diving back into um, that ministry and and stuff like that and the plays and everything Mm -hmm. um, are there, I guess, you know, it is when you're the work that the Lord, how do I say it? I guess when you've been doing the work of the Lord, oftentimes that responsibility is you're given more responsibility, I guess, from the Lord, because you've been able to manage what he has already given you. Yeah. And that can be very burdensome at times. That can be very overwhelming at times. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is, I guess, how do you personally or recommend, you know, anybody to, I guess, kind of that self-care, I guess, like how do you take care of yourself like mentally, emotionally, physically, all of that stuff? Mm-hmm. That's an interesting question because I can remember, um, and, and it has changed over the years. As I mentioned to you even before I officially um, founded She Reigns, I was doing this kind of work anyway just because yeah. it's just what I love to do. So I was already um, doing women's events and that kind of thing. Um, 
not necessarily with that focus, but I always have had a heart for um, for developing women, for discipling women, for um, just instructing them, especially th- those um, who are working and didn't necessarily have um, time to go to church um, necessarily during during the week. So I would always yeah. just try to find creative ways to, to meet women where they were. Um, there was a time earlier in ministry where that was really my focus. Now, I didn't really start that ministry until I was married and had three children. Yeah. And so um, there was a time where there was just this imbalance because I got joy from doing that. I got joy from being a parent as well, but it's a different type of um, energy. It's a different type of, of mission. And so I was de- putting more toward that than I was toward home. And so when you have that kind of imbalance, you get a fallout. Um, scripture talks about the wise woman builds her house, but the foolish woman plucks it down with her own hands. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you can do good things in the name of God, but they aren't necessarily exactly what he's called you to do, or you can yeah. do them in a different way than what he wants you to do it. So what's the point? My point was that I, I know that there have been times where I've probably put, well, I have put too much toward ministry and not enough toward home. And I can remember a sermon that I heard uh, Joyce Meyer say one time, and she talked about, you know, women wanting to go into ministry and give up everything to, you know, to do like what she does. Yeah. She said, I'm going to tell you what ministry is. Go home and do that, that sink full of dishes. <laughs> and it was like, wow. And her point was because if you get home and you have a husband who is resentful of what you're doing or children who are missing their mother because of what you're doing, you have failed because God called you to do that first, mm-hmm. right? And so um, that really hit home for me. It's like stop trying to look look out for all the, the glitz and the glamour and trying to be, you know, the invited speaker or trying to be, you know, the center of attention or, or always in the mix at every woman's conference and that kind of thing. Yeah, You need to fix what's going on at home or focus on what's going on at home. And so there was a time where I just got – really still it actually um so it started before COVID but um and people would always say well what's the next thing because they were so used to me having an event mm-hmm. or something and they said what you got going on no you're working on a book I know you're doing and I'm like nope I'm not doing anything because I need to be present for my children I need to understand what they're going through when they're going through so I know how to respond to that I need to know how to respond to my husband I need to keep this together because at the end of the day, I need a place to live. Yeah. And uh, and I want to be with these people. And so um, so it's definitely, so when you talk about um, self-care, um, I think it's really just about balance. Yeah. And really just um, understanding uh, what God wants us to do at any given time. You know, scripture says that, that a double-minded person is unstable in all their so ways. Yep. So when you all pulled apart, I'm going to go do this, but wait a minute, I got to go do this. Yep. It's like everything you do is raggedy, and God is a God of order. So for me, self-care is really just looking more about, am I doing what God has called me to do in the right time, in the right way? That's mm-hmm. self-care. Because then you will feel at peace. You'll you'll have the energy for it. You'll have the time for it. You'll have the resources that you need um, to accomplish God's purpose at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. You know, even with at home, you know, and I, <laughs> it's funny in a lot of ways, 
like you, we, in a lot of ways, we don't necessarily meet somebody like the real them Mm -hmm. because the real them, they left at home and they, they walk out with, you know, I guess this shell of themselves and, you know, kind of putting on face and, you know, it sometimes, you know, it, it's, I guess we, like I was saying, we don't really, sometimes we don't necessarily meet the real person because who they really are is at home. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, if you're not taking care of yourself in the way that God has called you to, Mm -hmm. then you're not necessarily going to be able to help others in the way that God has called you to. There's a reason the scripture says, you know, love others as you love yourself. I don't, God is very intentional with scripture. He's not going to just say love ourselves Mm -hmm. and not mean it. And like it obviously not in a arrogant way or a prideful way, Mm -hmm. but like at the same time, I think, and I talked about this with my cousin all the time too, you know, being able to just take some time for yourself and just reflect and pour into yourself and just allow God to pour into you and, you know, do that. I think that's important. And it's something that I take seriously in my life too. Um, You know, I've made a lot of sacrifices, I guess, in terms of what I could be doing as a (laughs) young single man in this world. Um, But there's just some things that are more important to me, you know, something that I think about that I don't think too many young men my age think about is marriage is about taking care of a family and that's something that I take really seriously, even though I'm not in that yet. But I, you know, sacrificing, you know, going out and getting like an apartment or a house or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. I want to be able to provide for my family financially. So I'm taking that sacrifice now to build up funds and stuff like that. So when the time comes, I'm able to provide. And obviously God is going to provide, but right. I, I I just want to be able to provide for my family sure. financially, um, you know, uh, not going out and messing around with a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of women, you know, that I, I've definitely gotten people that have tried, but I'm just like, I, I just can't. I'm I there's just things that are more important to me. I don't want to put myself in a position where my fam, my future family struggles yes. for things that I did now. Mm-hmm. And so that that's so important what you said, because, you know, being the. The I guess the man of God that I've called been called to be, you know, there's something that my mom gave me a while ago mm-hmm. that I try to read as much as I can. I keep it in my wallet. Okay. Uh, Family Man's Creed. And I'm just going to read them, you know, just some of the things that I think about in life, even though I'm not in the position of being a husband or a father yet. You know, those are some of the most important things to me already. And so it says praise and honor God daily honor and respect my wife, spiritually protect my family, emotionally protect my family, physically protect my family if necessary, Mm -hmm. be faithful to my family, ask the Lord for wisdom, allow no other activities to distract. And so that's awesome. Yeah, I've had to in a lot of things in my life, I've had to just separate like myself from a lot of those things because there are just some things that God has called me to be that are a lot more important. And it's like what you were saying you know, it, it, you, like you were saying with the, the scripture being double-minded makes you unstable in all your ways. So just focusing on what God has called you at that point in time, if God has called you to 
steward your family in the way that he's called you to, you know, do it, follow him. If God has called you to go and have some of the conferences or some of the events, you know, do it. But it's, it's just all about him and following his lead at the end of the day. And so that that's something that really stuck to me because that's something I think about all the time. And I, I think that if, if you have that mindset, if you just allow God to just fill you and not really focus on a lot of the other distractions in the world, he'll get you to where you need to be. And so, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly uh, agree with all of that and everything. And I hope by hearing this, a lot of people can agree with it as well. And, you know, kind of look to it and say, "Hmm, maybe that is a good idea. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I know we're getting close to the end of the time here, but, um, I guess the last question I do have for you is if you could give any advice to anybody out there in the world, specifically, uh, a woman of Christ, or maybe a woman that isn't necessarily a believer yet, what piece of advice would you give them? I think I would give them, if they don't know, first of all, if they do not know Christ, I would encourage them to come to know him. He is a friend like no other. Um, but if you do know Christ, to just draw closer and closer to him as I'm sitting here listening to you, um, think about the things that are already seeds that you've allowed to be planted in your heart. That's going to pay off years down the road in ways you may never know. But just the fact that um, sometimes God withholds some some negative things from us um, for reasons that we that we won't know or that he never intends for us to find out. Um, sometimes his blessing is from what he withholds. That's that's really yeah. what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And so um, don't ever feel shortchanged by following him. Mm-hmm. because he will reward that. He will reward that either with peace that you just experienced in your lifetime or blessing like we might be thinking about it, but again, just maybe in ways that, that you just won't even know. Um, but I would just encourage them to to really seek the Lord, to understand what he says about you. One of my favorite um, books in terms of um, identity and understanding um, who you are in Christ is Ephesians chapter 1. Just read Ephesians chapter 1 in particular the message, and just highlight those things that really resonate with you about what God says is, is true about you. Mm-hmm. But um, knowing Christ has been um, literally my salvation, literally my salvation. I could not make it without him. And so um, I'm grateful for that, but that, that would really be the only, the only piece of advice is just get to know him more and allow yep. him to, um, to lead you. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And, you know, I I know that, you know, so many people are going to be encouraged by this, you know, um, for your ministry, she reigns and daughter of the king and everything involved with that. You know, I'm definitely going to be praying for that. I pray for, you know, hands to help and and resources to help, you know, build that up. And, you know, just for the the fruits of all that labor to just be seen. And, you know, I'm not I'm going to be praying for for your whole ministry, you and your family and everything. And, You know, I, I know that I, I just know that God is going to do something, something huge in that. So, you know, I, I appreciate you again for being here, for gracing. I like to say this. I appreciate you for gracing this platform with your presence <laughs> um, and, and just sharing the wisdom that God has given you, you know, throughout the years and everything. I, I really do 
feel that somebody's going to hear this and somebody's just going to be encouraged and moved and impacted by it. So, you know, this all the glory to the most high, all the glory to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ for that. So thank you for for being here. Uh, For those of you that are listening, thank you for for tuning in. If you made it this far, thank you for bearing with me. You know, you probably stayed more so for uh, Miss Christie than myself, (laughs) but that that just comes with it. But uh, thank you for listening. Uh, Again, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, make sure to leave that review. Make sure to review rating of five stars. Five stars, please. Five stars. But uh, yeah, just just leave that. I'd love to hear what y'all think about each episode. And, um, you know, I just want to hear what God has been doing in your lives. And even if you have a prayer request, you know, go ahead and put it in there. I'll be praying for y'all. So I appreciate that. Um, If you're watching on YouTube, again, make sure to subscribe. Uh, make sure to leave a comment, make sure to like the video. That'll be greatly appreciated and just help put this in the ears of a lot more people. And so I I truly think that God is doing some amazing here as he always is. And, you know, it's a blessing to just have this platform to be able to just share some of the things that God has put on my heart. Um, some of the guests I bring on their hearts and, you know, just to have that impact. And so again, thank you all for listening. Thank you again, Miss Chrissy for being here. And we will see y'all next time. Peace out.